0: This is Adam Carriker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback, out of the shotgun, first and twenty. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carriker at the Missouri twenty-one yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Eight-year NFL veteran, All-American defensive lineman, Adam Carriker. Shotgun snap to average, He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a oh, whole lot of Adam Carriker, who rips him down inside the twenty-five yard line. <laughs> The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. Here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, everybody, to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. The holidays, well, they're over. The lights in my house are down. The tree is gone, but it's okay. You know why? Because we've got a lot to talk about. We got a national championship game coming up on Monday. We've got five, five players from the transfer portal that are visiting Lincoln this week and this week end. A couple of wide receivers, six foot three, six foot four. One of the most talented running backs in the entire country. A freshman All American linebacker. Okay, and another linebacker who started for Tony White at Syracuse. All right, potential starters all over the place. Impact makers. We'll see what happens. We got a lot to talk about. Okay, I hope you all had a wonderful holiday break. I know I did. I immensely enjoyed mine. The first thing that happened, well, before I get into all that, let's pay a bill or two real quick, all right, because I always want to shout out our sponsors. These shows do not happen without you fine folks at home, without the great people, 93.7, the ticket, and our sponsors. They keep the lights on. All right, GE Landscape Supply has pavers and boulders, great accents for any backyard landscaping project. They sell to homeowners and contractors and they deliver anywhere near or far. Step by, stop by at 6701 Corner Square Highway. Check out GELandscapesupply.com or call 402 467 1627. You can step by, but it's much better to stop by at 6701 Corner Square Highway. GELandscapesupply or com or call 402 467 1627. As always, the end of the show. The final 10 minutes is dedicated. The whole show is dedicated to the people, but specifically your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your concerns, and or otherwise. So text, or you can hit up on YouTube or otherwise. But best way to get a hold of uh, Rico, who does a fine job of organizing this wonderful program here. Call or text 402-464-5685. Send your comments, your thoughts, your concerns. Or otherwise, in the last 10 minutes, I will address all of that. Actually, throughout the show, you know, if it's not a question, Rico can throw it up and I can respond to uh, just straight up thoughts and comments throughout the show. But I'll save the questions for the end as always. I hope you all had a great holiday break. Mine started out pretty well. I have 84 children, as you know, rounding down. I have six. I love them all. They are awesome. They are wonderful. And you know what keeps that spark alive a little time off. <laughs> you know what I mean? A little time off. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. All right. And so grandma and grandpa, my in-laws, Mr. and Mrs. McBride, no relation to Charlie. Okay. Jeff McBride was a walk-on DN here at the University of Nebraska. He was two years older than me. I was a, I became friends with him and that's how I met my uh, eventual wife, Angie, his younger sister, uh, sister, sister, okay, is now my beautiful wife. We've been together for 17 years, married for 17, been together for 20. But my in-laws, Okay, Mr. and Mrs. McBride, Angie's parents, Jeff's parents came and took the kids away for four days. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I, yes, you can be jealous. Four whole days. I must admit, it went by way faster than I thought it would. I did miss my kids and I was excited to see them. We went out to, uh, to pick them up from the in laws, had celebrated Christmas at their house as we always do on the 23rd, a farm, a family farm. Okay, in Western Nebraska, has been in the family for over 110 years now. So, That's always cool. Then we come home. We always have Christmas at our house. It's just our family. Nobody else is welcome ever. No, I'm just kidding. We just always have it at our house with our family. It's kind of our little tradition. And then the day after, we tend to go skiing someplace. And uh, we went, uh, day after Christmas, we headed to Steamboat, good old Colorado Steamboat, and skied. We were there. Let's see. we, We arrived the 26th. We were there for four days, skied three of them. I cannot ski four days in a row. Not, and, uh, I was going to say walk, but probably not live afterwards. I, I, I don't take the chances I used to. I used to go skiing with a buddy of mine. His name was Chris. Him and his family, they are the best skiers I've ever seen in person in life. Now, I used to watch the Warren Miller ski videos, if anybody remembers those. Okay. And obviously the Olympics. Outside of those folks, the best people uh, skiers I've ever seen in my life is Chris and his family. They are the type of people, because they've done it, that take helicopters to the top of mountains in the middle of fricking nowhere. And then they ski down and they don't die. You know, uh, me, I would die. They actually don't even fall down. That's how good they are. I used to go skiing with them. Uh, I don't anymore. We hang out, but I don't, I don't ski with them. Cause, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't feel like dying. The first time I went with Chris, I had had a knee surgery. Well, I'd had six knee surgeries over the course of 18 months. And I was about a year removed from that. So I was about a two and a half years removed from the initial knee surgery and a year removed from my sixth and final knee surgery and he actually we met him in dc he was actually the guy that drove me home from the hospital after my last knee surgery. so he had seen where i was at at a certain point in time which was not great i couldn't i couldn't even walk normal uh, i was i was basically on crutches not basically i was on crutches for three months and i couldn't walk normal for a year i remember christmas shopping in the mall out in dc and my leg just gave out on me and presents went flying everywhere so he had seen all that so i'm like all right i know this guy's a little crazy but he'll take care of me so i'm like all right chris You lead the way because he knew steamboat way better at that point in time than I did. Now I know it like the back of my hand because we go quite frequently. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to ski with you, but take care of me. I don't know what he heard when I said that because I think he heard I should kill Adam because I'm following him. And all of a sudden, there's like nobody else around. And then all of a sudden, nothing is groomed. And then we go off way into the trees. And I'm like, all right, maybe he's got to go to the bathroom or something. I don't know what's going on. He pauses. And I don't know. I'm about 15 feet behind him. He turns around, looks at me and he says, "All right, let's go down." and I look down, and I don't know where in the blue hell he thought I was supposed to go down. It was straight down, nothing was groomed. The trees, they, they couldn't have been any wider apart than my skis are long. Um, let's just say he made it down like it was nothing. Okay, What, what defines a good skier to me is in how fast you can go, because I can ski as fast as Chris on a blue. I've done it. The difference between me and him and what defines a good skier to me is how well. can ski on moguls okay he skis the same speed on a double black as he does a blue i do not that is the difference so he goes down like it's nothing i swear to god it took me it felt like hours it probably took me a good solid 20 to 30 minutes just to get to where he was which was maybe 50 yards away from me so anyways i digress i don't do that anymore now i ski with my kids Okay, and they're they're at a level that's more appropriate for me. I'm actually a pretty good skier. I'm just not a Warren Miller ski video type guy. So that was pretty fun. Obviously, watched the college football playoff games, two of the best college football playoff games I think we've ever had. Okay, and I think we're set up for a phenomenal national championship game on Monday night, Michigan-Washington, clearly the two best teams in the country. If you watched Michigan and Alabama, Michigan was clearly the better team the first half clearly the better team. Alabama made some halftime adjustments. They made a little bit of a run. Okay. But really what kept them in the game was God awful special teams by Michigan. If they don't play that awful with special teams on the Wolverines, I mean the game's the game's definitely not going into overtime. They might have won by double digits. And I don't mean they would have ran Alabama off the field, but they were the better team. When you hand Alabama a touchdown off a muff punt, when you mishandle an extra point okay and then you miss the field goals and Alabama's booming him from 50 plus looking like he can make it from 70 plus okay I exaggerate just a smidge maybe only 69 plus that's what really and, and Alabama made some adjustments and they were more physical in the third quarter but you could see throughout the game Michigan was the better team Michigan's got to clean up those special teams and I I think they will you know It's not the 30 to 40 day layoff the bowl games used to have, but it's still, you know, four weeks. That's still a long time. Okay. So I I think Michigan will have those cleaned up when they play Washington. And what what a great Rose Bowl it was. Went to overtime. A lot of fun to watch. Washington, Texas. Now, these are clearly the two best teams in the country. You talk about Michigan-Washington playing on Monday night. And I love that they're only they're the only two undefeated teams left in the country as well. Like, it's fun that they're the two undefeated teams, and it's fun that they were clearly the better teams in their game, yes, yet they both almost found ways to lose. If you watch Washington and, and Texas, I predicted Washington to win. I wasn't insanely confident. Texas has been too much like a yo-yo this year. They look like a national championship team, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're barely above average the next week. You knew the talent was there. You knew the potential was there. And I just felt like people were undervaluing what Washington had done. They were the champions of the best conference in America, top to bottom this year, the Pac-12. They were undefeated in that conference. And yeah, what have they won, 10 single-digit games this year? Well, I think what nobody talks about except for me that I've heard, Michael Penix Jr. was sick for two or three of those games. He couldn't even be around his teammates except on game day. And still they find ways to win. They were clearly the better team against Texas. Okay. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it to be that decisive for 59 minutes and 10 seconds. Now, when you get to the last 50 seconds of that game, they got to change that rule. Okay. First of all, how about we take a knee? I don't know. did, Did anybody learn anything from Miami, Georgia tech? Nothing, nothing at all. How about we take a knee? Then your running back doesn't get banged up. Okay. Then the clock doesn't stop. Because had the clock not stopped, had they just taken a knee and punted it, all right, Texas would have gotten the ball at about their 15 to 20-yard line with 15 seconds and no timeouts. Good luck. He had to score a touchdown. Instead, the running back gets injured. The clock stops 50 seconds when Washington punts it. Then their long snapper decides to interfere, kick-catch interference. So now Texas gets the ball in much better field position with 43 seconds at that point. And they had, what was it, three, four shots at the end zone? I'm like, I was so mad for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm like, Texas is going to win. My God, Texas, Texas. Yes, that's how I said it. Somebody actually tweeted that to me. So I'm going to, I said it one more time Texas. I don't want Texas to win. Number two, the better team wasn't going to win. Washington was the better team. It's a rule that needs to be changed. It was bad management by Washington's coaching staff by not just taking a knee. Okay and other things of that nature. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to see Michael Penix Jr. versus the number one total defense in the country, the number one scoring defense in the country, the number one passing offense in the country, a top 10 offense in the country, maybe the best throwing quarterback in the country. Jaden Daniels, a little bit better runner. Michael Penix actually can run. If you saw, he would take off. But he's had two ACL surgeries plus an additional two surgeries. He's had four season-ending surgeries throughout his career. In the past two years, when he's healthy, you see how good he can be. Okay, but he's probably the best just peer-passing college quarterback this year. I want to see that versus Michigan's defense. Okay, and I'm like, we're not going to get to see it because Texas is going to complete one of these four passes, and they didn't. Washington is like, what, 120th in the country in pass defense. I think they're 100th in the country stopping the run. Like, I couldn't believe they actually stopped them. I feel like a lot of their stats are skewed. Because they score a lot of points. Their other teams score a lot of points. They throw the ball a lot more. They played seven ranked teams this year. Okay, three teams that are in the top ten. Who knows? Maybe Oregon end up, ends up in the top five. So as of right now, before they play Michigan, be three teams in the top five. So they played a much, 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 much tougher schedule. Okay, than Texas and/or Michigan. And so I was I was mad because I didn't want Texas to win. I was mad. Because I wanted to see the matchup of Washington versus Michigan's defense. Washington's passing, number one passing offense in the country. And I'm not saying this Washington team is like 2019 LSU, but I will say they have three NFL receivers. They have a first-round draft pick, a quarterback. The only thing that's keeping him from being a top-ten pick, potentially, and he may be anyways, especially if he plays lights out versus Michigan, is his injuries. It's going it's to make some teams leery. Talk about Michael Penix and NFL teams being leery of his injuries. But I am excited to watch Washington, Michigan, the best offense in the country, the best defense in the country, what would have been an old Rose Bowl game back in the day. So anyways, Washington, they find ways to get it done, even though the stats defensively may not wow you. And I, the only thing that concerned me really was Texas's defensive line. They may have the two best D tackles in the country and their ability to get after the quarterback. I mean, when they played Alabama earlier in the year and Alabama, Alabama they're a different team now than they were okay maybe the most improved team in the country all right what they lacked because they could run the ball they have an offensive line bigger than most nfl teams was it two or three offensive linemen that are 350 pounds 350 pounds plus the mouth doesn't even want to say it because it's so hard for me to believe and then Jalen millroll obviously he might be the fastest player on the field when he's out there he throws a great deep ball but he, he doesn't make quick reads. He doesn't complete the short passes. He doesn't complete the intermediate passes. So if you can limit the run and shut down the, the play-action deep pass game, Alabama's in trouble, and that's what Michigan did. My point is simply this. Texas got after Wash, or, uh, Alabama's quarterback and their offensive line that fourth quarter, and they could not protect Milrow at all when they tried to pass the ball. And that was my fear with Washington. Washington's offensive line played just fine. The difference is Michael Penix Jr. He is the freaking X factor. He was the difference against a very young, okay, Texas secondary. He's got three NFL receivers he's, he's thrown to. His offensive line protected him well, but when Texas did get pressure, he has great pocket awareness. The other thing he does, he makes insanely fast decisions. Now I'm not gonna say he's Tom Brady or anything like that, but he reminds me of what a college version of Tom Brady might've been, all right, Penix, sorry. And so when Texas would have blitzers come free, when they would get pressure, he got rid of the ball so quick. He was so accurate. His release is so quick. They didn't hit him once. Texas had zero sacks, zero tackles for loss. I think the only way Michigan can beat Washington, not the only way, but the main key to beating Washington is how the Giants beat Tom Brady and the Patriots twice. Okay. Because in that first Super Bowl, 07. The Patriots were 18-0. At the end of the regular season, the Giants were 9-7. They'd already lost at home to the Patriots that year. What they did in that Super Bowl and how they beat them and how they beat them a couple years later in the next Super Bowl, they got pressure on Brady. Because if you blitz a guy like Brady or Manning and what I saw out of Phoenix against Texas and and throughout the year that I've watched, he he makes such quick decisions. He gets the ball out so fast you're probably not going to get to him. And now you've got less guys in the back end and you're susceptible to big plays by those talented receivers. Michigan has to do what the Giants did. They have to be able to get pressure with four guys, maybe five every once in a while, but four guys so you don't leave yourself so susceptible to big plays in the back end. If they can't get pressure with four and they're forced to blitz, I think they're going to get sliced and diced. Now, I think Michigan, I am going to predict them to win the game. Okay, I'm not uber confident. I'll talk a lot more about this on Monday. I did not intend to talk about this at the length that I did today. I'm excited to be back I feel rejuvenated. Life is great. I got a case of the wonderful Fridays. Okay. Immensely enjoyed the college football playoff. Looking forward to 12 teams. Bowl games mean nothing. I can talk about that more after the break. But I think this college football playoff national championship that we're going to have on Monday, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So when we come back from the break, we are going to talk about Nebraska men's basketball. Women's basketball that' both off to hof, hof, hot starts, easy for me to say, this season. OK? And I got a question here from a fan already or a statement. It's a question. Okay, I'll get to that after the break as well. Again, you can send your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns or otherwise to 402 5685 and we'll be right back right back after a short break.)